0: Raise the hand of the new World Wrestling Federation champion. I promise you. I guarantee you, Austin. I will fire, 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 you yeah. fire.
1: You ain't got the f- to fire, Stone Cold Steve Austin. You will be humbled.
0: Easy way, you raised the hand of a champion. The hard way, I publicly, I guarantee.
1: is you ain't seen the
2: last of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin.
3: Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm Intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, welcome to the end of September. Can you believe it? We're on episode 51, almost 52 episodes. This is crazy. This is crazy. It's insane, man. And it was a very busy week in the world of wrestling. What do you have for us this week, sir?
4: It was. uh, We recorded last Sunday and...
3: Uh, We recorded a little too early, it turns out. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Uh, Sadly. Literally two hours after we stopped recording, uh, we got word Bobby Keenan had passed away. So Terrible.
3: And uh, the WWE got his age wrong. He was 72, not 73. Yeah. For some reason, everyone got the age wrong. They just looked, I guess, at the years. They didn't look at the dates, but terrible because uh, he was one of the best. This uh, is probably, uh, without a doubt, going to be the, the biggest loss of the year. I mean, hopefully. I oh, mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, Rick Flair looked uh, like he was in some trouble there for a few weeks. But Bobby Heenan, uh, with a 30, 40-year career in this business, uh, very big loss for Well, I,
4: uh, for I put something on your personal timeline uh, with some pictures and just shared a moment. And uh, when you think back, man, not only manager, but commentator.
3: Performer. Performer. Wrestler.
4: Comedian. I mean. Talk he, show host. Yeah. yeah. He literally... He was the do-it-all guy. So talented. Yeah. Just
3: uh, remarkable.
4: And nice it's time. like it's like his induction speech. I watched it over again. Yeah, when, a lot of people did. When they're doing the... It's the best induction speech, I think, ever at the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. And when they're doing the uh, video package beforehand, and it shows... And it's, it's the God's honest truth. He says, One weasel chant and Bobby turned his head, and 30,000, 40,000 people would just lose their mind going crazy. No one can captivate or control an audience like that nowadays. It
3: might have been the most important signing by the WWF in the 80s, really, because he was paired with every single heel. I mean, there was nobody on the roster he wasn't paired
4: with. The Heenan family was probably the biggest stable of all time. And, I mean, his work with Andre, to get Andre
3: from being a... uh, you know, long-time face wrestler to become a heel and to be a mouthpiece for a guy that's mainly speaks French. I well, mean, see,
4: and for for without Bobby Heenan, WrestleMania three wouldn't have been able to have worked because that was that was the key that turned Andre against Hogan
3: and just a fantastic commentator. I think even better than a manager, really. Just uh, no one else could get any. I mean, even as much as I love uh, Jesse Ventura, I think Bobby Heenan with uh, Gorilla Monsoon was actually the better pairing of the oh, two. Oh yeah,
4: and then, I think and
3: Jesse's probably a better commentator individually, but yeah. I think the the two of of them, Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon, probably worked better together because they were actually friends and they
4: yeah, and uh, they really cared for one another. I mean, when he went to WCW, he said it was that was kind of his his slow period in wrestling that he didn't enjoy it. He didn't really, but even. In his even at half speed he was even still, at half speed even at his slow period as he put it, it was leaps and bounds above what most commentators right yeah. what others were doing and so yeah he
3: was just uh, fantastic involved in a lot of key angles in the business I mean bash at the beach ninety six who but whose side is he on I yeah think. and yeah. Uh, of course I was gonna say my favorite uh, Bobby Heenan thing and I needed to be reminded of this after he passed away because I it's one of the most replayed clips in all of wrestling, but the uh, the Rockers break up. So after Sean throws Marty through the window, yeah. uh, Bobby says, What a coward. Yeah. He jumped through the window to get away. Yeah, And then just...
1: Tag team specialists! See, one without the other isn't any good. Oh! Oh, I knew he was going to do that. I just knew he was going to do that. He don't need... Janetti? I told you that off and on. Are you kidding?! What? What a despicable act that was. Oh! oh my god. Right through the glass window of the barber shop. Jeanetti tried to dive through the window to escape. Did you see Are that? Are you blind? What an act of cowardism.
3: That kind of quick wit, I mean he there's no one quicker in this business ever than no. than Bobby
4: Heenan. He was able to just One liners I put him up there with guys like Roddy Piper. I mean, just one of the best speakers in wrestling history. And so, you know. I mean,
3: the first episode of the Bobby Heenan show, I think, was pretty terrible. But to trust him with that much, to give him a, a chunk of their only weekly cable show, basically, their and nightly then, and show. And then turn him loose and just yeah. say,
4: you know, it's not like he was being fed lines or anything like that. He was... That's the biggest he, thing is, like, there's no one. I mean, because now the, it's so scripted.
3: There's never going to be
4: another. They sent him out there with, you know, and even Vince, you know, pulled the wool on him with a little nerd with glasses, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, Jameson. Jameson, Jameson. Vince pulled the wool over his eyes with Jameson talking about, you know... This guy, he he's. they never met. He's probably. worked for NASA. He works at the airport and all this. And when he sits out there, and you know he he fed into this. He's you know he really believed like that's where that's the way we're going to go with. And he's like, so you work for? No, never did. <laughs> yeah, he had this guy shutting him down the whole time. Yeah, he the had whole to work time. Through it. Yeah, yeah, and to be able to pull that show off with him, you know, and it was just a rib from Vince to to Bobby. And it it worked.
3: And, uh, of course, the lead up to Royal Rumble 92 with Flair, the real world's champion, trying to get into Hogan's dressing room and trying to get him to man up and uh, face Ric Flair and uh, just all the great stuff that Bobby Heenan did. I mean, there's just so much.
4: When you try to list who all he is... He managed. I mean late eighties, early nineties, WWF it's every heel. I mean, it, it, I mean Andre, Rick Flair. Perfect. Perfect. Ravishing Rick. He had uh Big John Studd, King Kong Bundy. Didn't he have a King Haku maybe he for a King minute? Haku. Yeah, Haku and Andre were tag champs. So And he had to be the mouthpiece for everybody. I mean that's I mean, just ridiculous. <laughs> there will never be another Bobby Heenan. There could never be another Bobby Heenan. And the fact that when we were down in Orlando earlier this year for WrestleMania weekend.
3: He's still making the rounds. You know, and we
4: got to see him at WrestleCon. That was, for me, without a doubt. Because they had him back in that little corner we talked about. I know. It was really sad. I mean, and, and I we, we talked about
3: this on the podcast. Yeah, actually. we turned
4: the corner thinking, oh, well, there's nobody back there. We'll just make the loop. And Bobby Heenan's sitting right there. And. I lost my shit, because I was, you know, got an autograph and got to talk to him, and that was just so cool, because Bobby Heenan's one of the few guys that, even if you're in the business, you you get excited to to meet and to pick his brain and talk about, or talk to, I mean. There's very, like, uh, Mean
3: Gene and Bobby Heenan were the
4: only two that I really, like, yeah.
3: marked out for, whatever, to see, like, because, I mean, Bobby Heenan not being in very good condition to to be out there but it was uh, yeah it was really nice it was nice to say like to thank his wife for I mean they were married for like 40 years I mean yeah and to stick with him and to take him to these wrestling conventions or whatever and to stick with him even after he couldn't speak anymore I mean that's that's really
4: tough on somebody and he I mean he wasn't he wasn't getting around too well either you know no he
3: had broken like a hip last
4: year I think yeah and And so I mean it, it literally takes somebody helping him walk at times and she was there to be able to, to, to bring him to the shows or to bring him to conventions or just so that the fans could, could get to meet him and, and talk to him for a few few moments.
3: Yeah, even in his uh, limited capacity, he, uh, he loved your uh, Andy Kaufman shirt. He
4: did. He fell in love with it. And he just, I mean, he couldn't stop going on and on about it, she said. And uh, it, was, it was really cool. It was really awesome.
3: It's a shame that after uh, WrestleMania X7 that the company didn't... Because he was healthy for a couple of years after that before he, he got the throat cancer. And uh, it's unfortunate that they only really used Gene after that. And I mean, to this day, are still using Mean Gene, but like... They didn't use – I mean, even in their wildest dreams, they probably didn't think they'd have a WWE network where they could just fill it with hours and hours of content. But it, it's unfortunate that we didn't get a year or two of uh, Bobby Heenan Well, now. the
4: roundtable, I would love to – we love to watch the Legends roundtables. It was a great show. And, it was a great concept, and Heenan would have been perfect for it. And I, it was—it's sad that we never got an episode with Heenan on it. Most of their legends that are still alive, they all—they
3: bring them back. I mean, he did make appearances at uh, what was it, WrestleMania twenty? Yeah, the year he, he went in. Yeah, yeah, so
4: WrestleMania twenty when him and Gene were uh, backstage, back with May Young, in May Young and Moolah. Yeah, and even then he had started, you know, really battling.
3: Yeah, yeah. He was already cancer. sick
4: then. He just had he still had a throat, left. but he was still able to talk and uh and you know, here's a man I I sat there and watched his induction speech probably 3 or 4 times at the age of 13 was the man of the house and he had to Oh, his documentaries on the network. I mean, it's he, yeah, he, he had a tough go of it. He had to, I mean, his grandmother, his mother and his aunt all looked to him to provide for them. And, I mean he he did what he had to do to provide for for them and so you know it was just it's a very he had yeah he had a tough go of it he had a tough tough ride but it was still there'll there'll never be another bobby heenan i mean that literally is yeah, it's not a knock against current it's it's the business has changed the business has changed and it is the last surviving the it's he's the last of a dying breed yeah is that, exactly is that you know it's kind of like there's
3: not many people from that era still with us in general I mean from wrestling's first heyday in yeah in the 80s there's not many left especially he was like a manager in that time I mean he he was only like 72 when he passed away that's still pretty young I mean considering like he always looked old because uh, he had gray hair and he was yeah. out of shape, and uh, so he looked much older than that. But uh, yeah, he was he was the last of the unscripted manager that could. Uh, and when you
4: think back, and Taylor, commentator
3: that didn't have Vince
4: in his ear telling him what to do, and when you think back, also that uh, he broke his he broke his neck that's why I had to get out because that's what give him
3: health insurance
4: before the 80s he broke yeah. his neck and and went through the whole weasel match the weasel soup deal with warrior and went through you know the bumps he took for Andre and things like with a broken neck that's that's crazy man that is insane the the it is it is kind of sad though that he had to leave the wWF because of the insurance thing
3: though I mean, yeah because he didn't want to go he never He never enjoyed his WCW time, and he, uh, from what Dave Meltzer was saying this week, was like, he was, you know, he was just there to, you know, collect a paycheck, but he was a huge Goldberg fan, and he knew when they beat Goldberg that it was over, and it's a shame, and I mean, even before the company folded, I mean,
4: they had dismissed Bobby before the company even folded. Well, I mean, you talk about Goldberg, there's not another man alive that when Goldberg beat Hogan... Oh yeah, that was another good when great call. When he's calling him down, you know, don't show off your career's off. on the line. Your career's on the line. Don't show off. Pick you know, when this place this place is gonna rough when he picks him up and, and sure enough, he counts out the three and He says there's never been an undefeated man ever in the history of wrestling to become the world's champion. And, I mean, just that whole – it was so well done to have – I don't want to say this the wrong way, but to have Taney and to have to have them just shut up and let Bobby be Bobby and let Bobby count down that finish, that, that goes up there with, you know, Foley flying off the cell with JR. That goes up there with – Yeah, he he definitely made that uh that moment a lot better.
3: Yeah. I mean it was already a big moment but he also it was nice to have a a commentator that, you know, wasn't sucked in by Hulk Hogan, you know. Everybody everybody just bowed at the feet of Hulk Hogan and I I know that it was it started out as, you know, just part of his 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 heel personality, but it was nice to have somebody that, you know, called Hogan on his bullshit, you know? Yeah.
4: That's the thing is, and and think about him and Dusty doing commentary together is hilarious. It really is.
3: Yeah, I mean, you talk about phoning in, I mean, Dusty was checked in another, unit. he'd already booked all the matches on the show, so he so was, he's
4: just sitting there just having be, fun. Yeah. And so, when you got Dusty and then you got, you know, Dusty's on cruise control and you've got bobby heenan on cruise control it's still like they were just able to to knit with like you said man the with well, you know but whose side is he on what what are you talking about <laughs> like it just it was it was so well done there'll be another book there will never ever be another bobby Brand heenan
3: started so to start out the news with uh such a depressing uh yeah loss,
4: but we're um we're gonna stick with it uh a little bit sadder we heard uh from rick and i wanted to wait until he had said something um but oh his book came out his, that's why he's talking about his this. book came out and so he uh he was talking about why he was hospitalized was due to um the years and years of drinking and so yeah and uh, according to this uh,
3: new book that is is ha- is mostly him, and then there's a there's part of Charlotte where she contributes. Uh, the heaviest part of it was spurred on by uh, Reed's passing, and uh, I didn't I was unaware that uh, Rick actually found Reed in the hotel room, and he blamed himself because uh, Reed was in all Japan and had had problems with drugs before uh, coming back to the U.S. But it was Rick that talked him back to coming to the U.S. And uh, so Rick felt responsible that he fell off the wagon, basically, when he came back. And that's what spurred on the heavy drinking, and that's what led to uh, not Rick getting fired, but J.R. getting fired from the company when they had that press conference, and Rick was uh, very inebriated and was yeah. getting off-subject about Reed. And uh, so this book uh, coming out at the same time uh, next month, well, a little over a month, the documentary on ESPN will come out. Uh, the thirty for thirty about Ric Flair and so all this is coming to light. It's almost coincidental that it comes on the heels
4: of, you know, a major health scare where where Rick was almost dying, you know. Yeah so well he, he says that uh the reason he had that health scare was due to drinking the years and years of drinking and uh he says he's done. There will never be another drop of alcohol that touch his his mouth or be in his hands ever again. So Well I um, think he's learned and it wasn't just all after after the Reed stuff.
3: When he was uh, also in the book they discuss, uh, some of it started up when, when he was with Evolution, when he was still an active performer. And, and some of it also started when he had the retirement match with Shawn Michaels. I mean, looking back on it, that was not something that he wanted to do. And it was kind of forced upon him. Yeah. And uh, he did not handle it well. I mean, when you spend 40 years... In a wrestling ring, it's going to be pretty tough to uh, readjust after uh, every day going to do the same job, and then all of a sudden that's gone. Yeah. In addition to not only that, but, I mean, he went through wife number three and wife number four and <laughs> very in almost a record speed, and all of his financial troubles. I mean, this guy, to his credit, was a great parent uh, from what Charlotte writes in the book, but... Uh, did have a lot of struggles i mean but that's to be expected when you're i mean there was a lot of pressure on him uh for many years to to carry the uh WCW banner yeah and not only that i mean when he was that episode of nitro when he was suing the company and he was out of the business for a minute and he called Vince, and Vince didn't want him in '98. I mean, that really had to
4: hurt too, yeah.
3: That must have uh, set on a panic attack, yeah, because uh, all he know, all he know, I mean, all he has left is this WCW, and it's failing, you know, right before his eyes. And uh, I'm sure he's learned from his mistakes. I mean, and from his posts on uh, Twitter and stuff lately, he seems to be in in good spirits and good health. So uh, hopefully, he's
4: learned. Yeah, but, uh you can't you can't be Nature Boy 24 seven. You just that's the thing is I tell these kids they think you can go out there and you can be one person here and you know, oh kayfabe's dad this and that. I don't t- you know, I tell them time and time again, you don't see Ric Flair driving down the streets of Atlanta in a pinto. If you're wanting to make it serious in this business, you gotta be willing to live that, that life and so... And he did <laughs> And he did, man. He lived it to its fullest. He lived it Two lifetimes over,
3: but everything, everything
4: has a you know an end. Yeah, know? everything every, has a price, and uh, <laughs> right, Ted DiBiase. Every
3: everybody's got a price. Yeah, and everybody's gonna pay. While we're on the subject of Rick Flair, Starcade coming back, so hopefully yeah. he can
4: make an appearance at the Greensboro Coliseum. Starcade is returning officially. WWE is going to bring back Starcade for a house show. For a, well, yeah, a live event.
3: Not going to be broadcast on the network, but I actually think this is a good idea, though. To I give... think broadcast it on the network. No, I I think it's better. as. I mean, you saw the crowd that we had at the live show that we went to uh, that's not being broadcast. You have to do something to bring people in. Yeah. Other than just saying, oh, it's just another house show. It's
4: WWE well, live. They thought they've thought they also talked about doing uh, Hogwild, Fall Brawl. World War Three and my personal favorite Halloween
3: Havoc. One of the things I've always thought about house shows is they should just have a house show champion, so that I know something's online when I'm going there. And you have a chance of an actual switch.
4: Yeah, exactly. Just something to get me in there. Because now it's it's not believable that you're going to get a title change every time. Oh, yeah. I mean, they do it occasionally. Yeah, it's very rare. But well, uh, I see, the last one was when what AJ the US title AJ and Owens.
3: Right, yeah, for no reason apparently. And before
4: that, we're talking uh, years.
3: Finn and Samoa Joe had traded the NXT title, I think. Yeah,
4: and even then, that was technically that was in Madison Square Garden. So it was earlier this year. We went to that house show, and um, with the level of talent that they
3: have, that it didn't draw a bigger crowd because that's what got me in there was that Nakamura. I'm, yeah, I'm going to see Nakamura and AJ Styles and Kevin Owens, three of the best wrestlers in, on the planet. And they couldn't even draw probably, what, 500 people in there?
4: Yeah, it was sad, man. Yeah,
3: but if you if you slap a label on there, and especially in the South where it's WCW country, and you can say, oh, it's going to be Starcade, oh, it's
4: going to be Fall Brawl, well, it's going to be war games. They're thinking about doing war games. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I, I feel like doing war games, that would be brilliant. Put two rings up, put a cage, and just do war games. We'll just have to see how this one performs. Yeah, I we'll have to see how this works out. We we might have to make a special trip to Greensboro and see uh, see this. Let's see, <laughs> I don't
3: think so. Uh, okay. They had, uh, the big thing on Twitter was uh, Michael P. S. Hayes inviting uh, Cody Rhodes to come be a part of it. It's going to be the uh, SmackDown brand is doing it, and yeah. I think Cody had asked that that Goldust be included because Dusty Rhodes created Starcade. And uh, so that led to Michael P.S. Hayes asking, Oh, Cody, why don't you come be a part of it? I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, at least someone's thinking about it. At least people are at least thinking about like what what could they do to make this special. Because the card as it stands now are just... I mean, it's really just SmackDown matches. Yeah, it's a regular house show. Yeah. So, yeah. I've always thought... like, I mean, if you bought this company for... They bought WCW for a couple million dollars. Why not use some of the names of the shows other than they've used Clash of Champions. Yeah. And they've used Great American Bash.
4: And see, and I feel like Havoc, Halloween Havoc could in fact be a perfect one and one with, uh, that's with, what we, thought. October.
3: We should be seeing that next yeah. month. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no reason not to. That, that <laughs> is, what did you pay for? If you're not going to use any of it. Yeah.
4: I mean, Halloween Havoc, nothing, just that name alone is a great wrestling pay-per-view name or a great wrestling show name. For October. You know,
3: it was just stubborn Vince, you know. If he didn't yeah.
4: create it. He wants uh, nothing to do with it, yeah. Ted DiBiase movie. Have you seen the trailer for this? No, you're gonna have to explain. I said it to you. It's uh it's the same concept as a uh, as they did with Jake the Snake Roberts. It's the, the resurrection of Jake? Except There's this, no resurrection of Ted DiBiase, though. Except this follows his career. This follows his uh, from his down-and-out moments to... He never had a down-and-out moment. See, that's the thing.
3: He was pretty- this guy was always very smart about... He is the million-dollar man. If no one can manage their finances, he has to manage his finances.
4: He had a personal down-and-out moment where he, he lost his kids, he lost his wife, he lost everything he got
3: it all backed up. it's fine he did. we know how it all ended up
4: but uh but it's gonna be in theaters in november is ted
3: jr gonna act in it because he was a, he was
4: an actor i remember he ted, was in the ted, marine today i think ted jr is gonna be a part of it so uh, uh i don't know the date i don't have the date right in front of me but we will get back to it and uh, or i'll get back to you with it and uh go check it out it's gonna be uh I, I, it's really going to be well well worth The time and the effort To go out there and see this video But uh, let's see here We got some birthdays this week We did Ricky Morton From the Rock and Roll Express How old is Ricky Morton now Ricky I do not know oh, Well, Let's look it up Let's see how old
3: Ricky Morton is Ricky Morton is 61 years old And still working independent dates About to work a show with Terry Funk coming up in a few weeks maybe even this week. I kind of forgot when it happened. but
4: Yeah, it is getting ready to happen pretty soon. Big time uh, wrestling. And Jim Cornette had his birthday this week. Jim Cornette is only 56 years old. So Yeah, Jim Cornette seems like he should be much older.
3: He as does. Well. I always think that about uh, Jim Cornette and Paul Heyman because I mean we watch shows from the
4: 80s that they're in in WCW and it's hard to believe Heyman was a teenager when he, I mean, was doing things like that. When he started, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just, he was in his early 20s when he was doing his uh, poly Dangerously run. Yeah. So, 56 years old, Jim Cornette,
3: and uh, couldn't go to uh, Canada to tape those uh, Impact Wrestling tapings. There's something on like keeping him from Canada. So. He's banned from Canada. He says.
4: Oh, he is banned. Really?
3: Well, that's what he says. Hold on, let's see. Cornette has not been to Canada since or before 2010. He was turned away at the border due to his record that has arrests from years ago. So he can't get across the border. He's left GFW for the moment, uh, but he says there's no heat about it. He just he couldn't go to these tapings, I guess. So
4: he has separated paths with uh, with GFW and. Anthem now has decided to change the name of Again from Impact to something else. And they, they're just gonna be Impact. They're dropping they the are GFW just, okay. they're wanting they're wanting out of of the GFW, they're wanting out of the uh the fact of
3: Jeff Jarrett apparently didn't secure all the copyrights in all the countries that he needed to or something. It has something to do with copyright clearance that they don't want this GFW name. Um, it really sucks for them though, because all their titles are now branded as GFW titles. They've even incorporated the uh, the green font. Yeah. I mean, so they've taken.
4: They've now got to turn around and make new new championship belts and everything. Th- else. I guess they
3: can go back to their
4: old ones. I guess, but
3: uh, yeah, this uh, it's never ending with these guys. Uh, I don't, I don't know I don't know what else to say about uh old impact wrestling and anthem in Canada they gotta figure things out how are they holding on they're holding on because anthem has a lot of money uh but it's sort of it reminds me sort of of w c w and uh w c w and time Warner where w c w wasn't making any money but time Warner probably held on what a year two years after it was time to just cut' them loose and yeah if they had sold in say uh, early 2000 instead of 2001, if they had managed that sell, they'd have,
4: they'd have doubled or tripled what they at gotten. least. Yeah,
3: I mean, they sold it at a discounted rate because they didn't give them any TV time. But if they had sold it a year in advance before Jamie Kellner came into power and they still had their TV slot, I mean, they were going to make a ton of money off of uh, Eric Bischoff and his investor group. Uh, before they said they weren't going to have any TV. So if they had done that a year earlier, Time Warner could have at least made... They weren't going to make their money back, but they could have made more than $2 million or whatever they made. So that's what it reminds me of. is just you have this company, and its success or failure
4: doesn't really impact impact you one way or another. So Right. Bubba Ray was hospitalized by being hit in the face with a table Friday night at Ring of Honor... It was Death Before Dishonor
3: 15 in Vegas, the big Vegas Ring of Honor show. Bully worked two matches that night, so I don't know if it happened in the first match or the second match. Yeah, I mean, we saw the replay. He took a uh, table.
4: Yeah, they were going to hit him. Like it like scraped
3: the... across his...
4: Uh... It was right the bridge of his nose, man. They took the table, and he was gonna, they were going to suplex the table practically onto him while he was standing. And, uh, at least corner, a broken nose. The corner of the table hit the bridge of his nose, man. It knocked him out. Like he crumbled when it hit. He it, it was, like
3: scraped uh, vertically. Like it went down his face. It yeah, pretty intense. It was it
4: was a hard blow. So for a guy that was
3: in ECW. Yeah. So, and at his age taking those. uh...
4: Hopefully, you know he's doing well, and we'll uh, we'll find out more. I'm go sure. Go back
3: to his uh, wrestling school.
4: Yeah. 3D we, Academy. We have uh... Last, but certainly not least, two returns to talk about. The one and only, my good friend, Mr. Rob Van Dam has been in talks with coming back to WWE. What do you think about this?
3: Well, the way they've done returns with the Dudley boys, you just mentioned Bully Ray or Bubba. And now the Hardys. And now the Hardys. I I wouldn't advise it, but Rob Van Dam also had some bad returns the last couple of times. Yeah. He just comes back. He loses. Just goes on about his business. Makes his money and goes home. (laughs) Yeah. So, if that's what he wants to do, that's fine. I mean, Rhino has to, you know, tour from city to city and lose every night. So, if uh, RVD can get it to where he shows up once a week and loses. uh, Even better. Yeah. He can sell a lot of merch still.
4: Uh, Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. He's a household draw for
3: any indie show. He just moves at about one-third the speed that he used to that's the only unfortunate part is when you, you know it's one thing to see Bubba Ray wrestling slower than usual because he was a slow wrestler to be, begin with but you have RVD that was so fast and so uh, precise in the way that he moved and now he's you know time's caught up with him and he's just so slow and so it's it's not that great, but SmackDown could use him. I don't see him on Raw as far as, like, TV time.
4: but I'd like to see him in Nakamura.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of dream matchups still to be made. I mean, uh, he can lose to a lot of young guys. Bobby Roode, uh, well, I mean, they probably wrestled in uh, TNA before. Uh, AJ Styles in RVD see that again. I mean, because we still haven't seen him in, on the big stage, you know. Yeah,
4: so. Yeah, I still want to see, I mean, we saw Yes, we saw it in in New Japan, but I'd like to see, on the big stage, uh, AJ and Nakamura.
3: I think that's probably going to be the WrestleMania program. I just feel like they're going to get to that pretty soon. But they've they've damaged Nakamura a lot by jobbing him out to gender. Yeah. And uh, AJ doesn't have really anything going on at the moment. He's in a feud with Baron Corbin, who they've given up on, so uh, they're both kind of... Dead in the water. They're just waiting until WrestleMania, I guess. I mean, yeah. there's there's just nothing for them at the moment, yeah. And then the biggest return of the week. Paige? Right? I can't believe Paige made it back to the Performance Center. She proved me wrong. She's made it back that far. As far as getting back on TV. We on haven't seen that yet. Now,
4: we haven't seen that yet. Yeah, but, but the you, fact
3: that she got reported to work is really crazy. Yeah. That's already more than I thought she would do. I really didn't think the company would let her back. I just don't. I don't know if she's gonna make it back to TV or not. I just. I have my doubts about. I actually think they're gonna make her go through NXT again, uh, because uh, the NXT roster is gonna have all these May Young Classic participants, and uh, they need a name to work. They need someone to work with, and I think she would do great yeah. working back through the system. But with Oscar uh, coming to Raw and. SmackDown pretty full. I think both rosters, uh, the main rosters, are full. And uh, she this was not a place for if her. If she
4: showed up on the main roster... She'd it, be
3: like Emma, you know, just like... She
4: would get shuffled to the side in just a matter of weeks. And so... Yeah, this is actually probably the best thing for
3: her is to go back through NXT. and She doesn't have to be the champion again, but she it's going to be a year or two. I think after this movie comes out, if they still keep her on the roster, it would be very surprising. Yeah. uh, If this movie does great, you know, if it has good reviews or anything, they'll they'll love that, but it'll be, it'll, that's all I really got. The, uh, the trailer for 2K18 came out uh, the same day as Bobby Heenan passed away. So on a retro wrestling Facebook page, it was uh, Bobby Heenan and then a trailer for uh, the video game. I hate it was in that order, but it just happened to come out on the same day uh the trailer the graphics do look improved, but i just I hope they make some changes to the gameplay and I mean they have as far as the trailer looks i mean with the the You're getting
4: an eight man tag so you can do some, some, having eight
3: men in the rumble match i mean is gonna be very impressive if they do that. I don't know if, even if they're doing that, but yeah, I just hope that they make some changes to it well. Yeah. And uh, we're on the heels of No Mercy where uh, your boy Enzo is going to
4: probably get beat up real bad. uh, I hope not, man. Well, we haven't discussed it, but we are doing this live from your house. That's why the audio quality is different. Yeah, we're about to watch
3: No Mercy. We
4: have actually set up the movie projector out in the backfield. We're going to sit down and we're going under the stars and under the moon and watch... It's the only time we go outside. The return of WWE No Mercy, so... Well, they did it last year, though. (laughs) Yeah, they did it last year. They did not No Mercy last year?
3: I think so. I don't think they did. I think they did. I think it's on the network. They were showing replays of it. I think AJ Styles wrestled in it. It was earlier in the year, but uh, it was before the the brand split, I think. Oh, okay. All right. So, yes, this week was my pick. And, boy, what a great show. It was a terrible show that I picked this week. It was... uh, Raw is War, from October 19th,
4: 1998, the hottest year in pro wrestling. There was a running theme with this show, and I do not feel comfortable talking about it. Yeah, it was definitely a show you
3: couldn't do in the year 1999, after, like, Columbine, or... um, Yeah. I mean, now we're pretty much used to, unfortunately, mass shootings or gun violence. I mean... Now it's just common, but they wouldn't run an angle on it now. I'm talking they? about The Godfather, though. <laughs> yeah, no, he... I was thinking about it. He was actually booked the best out of anyone on this show. And he that, really was. It's really crazy to think about. Because Five minutes worth of work, and he made a ton of money. So. It, it's not that he even made a ton of money. It's that he was, he was the best book superstar on this show because it, it stayed in line with his character... It made him look good, he didn't have to do a lot of work, and it was good, because I thought they made Stone Cold look like a pretty heartless, heartless guy here. Yeah. I mean, even though he's supposed to be justified in his, uh, anger at Vince McMahon, I mean, he was fired last night at Judgment Day, and so, you're supposed to sympathize with him, but, uh... You know, at the, when he when it comes to shooting someone in the head, uh, it takes a lot of uh, convincing for me to get behind you and your uh, your quest to shoot this uh,
4: your boss. Yeah. in the middle of the ring. I mean, I'm sure you've thought about it. You'd like to, multiple occasions, but you just you realize now, you realize that it's just a bad idea.
3: Yeah, it's it, well, it's <laughs> not something that I think good people do. You know, right. I mean, as much as I love Stone Cold Steve Austin. I definitely remember uh, being 12 years older. Well, I guess, yeah, I was 12 years old in 1998, and I definitely thought, I was concerned about Vince McMahon's safety, even though I hate this guy. Yeah. I don't want to see him get shot.
4: Right. Not on live TV.
3: Yeah, and this is two years after... uh, Pillman. Pillman's got a gun, so they've already played with guns before.
4: Yeah.
3: That angle being a lot better... Uh, because it was Stone Cold trying to break into Brian Pillman's house and as fact, a heel.
4: And the fact that USA actually thought this was serious and cut the feed for a few minutes. I'm well, sure. it was
3: after Brian Pillman had already said the F word yeah. on, on their feed. And they thought about canceling the show because it was so crazy. Like They wanted WWF to get edgier, but they didn't want people to have murder angles yeah. on the show. And, uh, so that was a much better exit, and I mean, Vince had to apologize the next week after Pullman's got a gun to, uh, to set the record straight, but here we are, not even a little less than two years later, and they're right back to playing with guns. Yeah. Now, if you were curious, uh, over on Nitro, this was, of course, a build to Halloween Havoc 98 featuring Warrior and Hogan, and this week was the week that the NWO got the better of Warrior and spray-painted Ultimate Warrior. I'm sure they paid him a lot of money to take that spray paint.
4: Spray paint his back?
3: Yeah, spray paint his back, so they had to jump on him. It wasn't the go-home show, because he probably got the better of them yeah. on the go-home show. But in their main event on Nitro, I don't know how this really lost to WWF, because WWF had no main event. As The Angle was the main event on right. Raw. The main event on Nitro, Bret Hart versus Sting for the U.S. title. And Bret Hart retained... By DQ, of course, in four minutes and six seconds. So I think, based on the main event alone, I didn't watch Nitro. Uh, I mean, I did back in 98, but I didn't watch it for this review. Based on that main event, though, I would have thought, that's a better show. I'm going to oh, really yeah. stick with this. But, of course, I was concerned about Vince McMahon's life. I mean, we're talking about life and death here. Uh, in the dark match for this Raw... Which, by the way, was happening in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Nitro was happening in Minnesota, so they were very close together. Uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota was where Nitro was happening, and Milwaukee, Wisconsin was where Raw was happening. The dark match that we missed, Takamishinoku defeated Terry Allen, not Magnum TA, but another uh, Terry Allen. Last night in the WWF was Judgment Day, Patrick. Judgment Day. Had come to reign supreme. Judgment Day is upon us. (laughs) (laughs) It, It was upon us. Kane versus The Undertaker. And the
4: stipulation was, of course, that Austin had to count the winner. He is the guest referee, and there must be a winner. If not... Austin will be fired. Austin will be fired. Austin called his bluff and said, I don't think you got the balls to do so. So he hits a stunner on Kane. He hits a stunner on Aus- on uh, Taker. He calls for the bell. Counts counts both men down. No winner. Your winner, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the guest referee. Now, I've thought about doing this at times, but I don't think I could get away with it either. I thought, how stupid. They fired the biggest star in all of pro wrestling
3: <laughs> at the height of all pro wrestling in 1998. I thought... That's a very stupid decision. I didn't understand that he would be showing up the very next night. If I had ordered this on pay-per-view or if I had bought a ticket, I'd be very upset that the stipulation was basically discarded in less than 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he wasn't even asked for a ticket tonight. I mean, he was uh, just let in, no problem. Wide open. So Stone Cold was fired by Vance for not officiating correctly during the world title match... So when came an Undertaker who had viciously assaulted Vince McMahon to get that match. That's why Vince is in a wheelchair. Of course, they had both pinned Stone Cold Steve Austin at the pay-per-view before Judgment Day. Yeah. And then the next night on Raw, because they didn't take care of Vince. Uh, Stone Cold had attacked Vince. So Vince refused to give either one of them the belt. Well, the Brothers of Destruction didn't like that. And now Vince is in a wheelchair. And so Vince was in a skybox last night when he fired Austin, so he's in a wheelchair tonight. There's a celebration as we begin the show. It's the greatest night of Vince McMahon's life, putting his own company out of business by firing their biggest star. Yeah! (laughs) So he asks all the uh, superstars to go into the ring. He's got a big announcement about what he plans on doing. Jerry the King Lawler says, Happy days are here again, Patrick. And they truly are. They are. Because we don't have any more Stone Cold Steve Austin. Commissioner Slaughter. Well, former Commissioner Slaughter. Shawn Michaels was the commissioner at this point. But now it's Slaughter, Vince McMahon, and the Stooges. Vince coming out in his power chair. They all get on the ramp. At Survivor Series, he guarantees we will have a new champion because we're going
4: to have a 16-man tournament. Yeah. To determine... Who the new champion is. This is only the second time in history that the World Heavyweight Championship, the WWF title, will be determined in a tournament. Do you know the first time? It must be WrestleMania 4. All over again, baby. One of my least favorite pay-per-views to
3: ever watch. (laughs) Austin mentioned something to Vince about hunting. And Vince says, yes, now he's hunting for a job. He'd find one in WCW if he just sent in his application. I'm sure they would consider him. Yeah, Vince says firing Austin was better than sex. I bet TNA
4: would hire him today.
3: <laughs> Austin, de- <laughs> Vince does say that firing Austin is better than sex, but he means sex with Linda McMahon. So, oh. all in context. Oh,
4: see, that's that's wrong. Especially a woman who is now working in the White House every day.
0: Let me repeat the words I said to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin, screw you. You're fired. All right. How did Stone Cold Steve Austin take the news? Well, I'll show you how he took the news. On the Titan Tron, if you'll direct your attention, someone from production will put up a freeze frame of Stone Cold Steve Austin's face. Look at that as look. soon as Stone Cold heard those words, Stone Cold had that look on his face a look of disbelief. He couldn't believe he had just been fired. Austin, as a matter of fact, started mumbling something about hunting season or going hunting. I didn't know what he meant until this morning someone told me that rumor was Austin was indeed hunting. He was hunting for a job. Austin, if you ever come into a World Wrestling Federation arena again, then you will do so just like this capacity crowd. You'll have to buy a ticket, Austin. Wow. a cruel man. All right. So what did it feel like? Many of you are saying to yourself, my God, what's it like to be Vince McMahon? What's it like to have the balls to fire Stone Cold Steve Austin? I really wondered, I wondered if Austin provoked me, how I would feel. And last night, I searched. And last night, when I fired Austin, I'll admit, it felt pretty damn good. i bet. At the end of the evening, after asking that question again, I was convinced it felt great. And then this morning, you know, When you look into that mirror, bright and early when you first get up, that soul-searching. All right, Vince McMahon, how did you feel after firing Stone Cold Steve Austin? You know what it felt like to me this morning? What? It was better than sex. Whoa!
1: That's good, JR! He's wicked. Better than sex.
0: Which brings me as to why each and every one of you stand before me as WWF superstars. Hopefully you all learned the lesson that Stone Cold learned last night. Hopefully no one in that ring will ever cross the bus because none of you are as big as Vince McMahon. You know, all that Austin 316 paraphernalia out there, t-shirts, what have you. Another rumor going around that it's going like hotcakes because now Austin 316, that's a collector's item, you see. Now there's a new expression. A new expression that's going to be sweeping the nation, sweeping the globe. And that's McMahon 316.
5: Oh, what are those shirts coming out?
0: And McMahon 316 says, I've got the brass to fire your ass.
3: (laughs) Vince says, McMahon 316 says, I've got the brass to fire your ass. (laughs) (laughs) They take a picture of Austin, a still frame from last night, when he got fired.
4: His his firing face,
3: and they just want to look at it. it just wants to. And he it. just
4: he, he basks in that glow of of happiness that he got that face from Austin. And then slowly but surely, the face turns to live video, live video feed of Austin cleaning his <laughs> like M sixteen. He has yeah an AR fifteen or M sixteen. He is sitting there in his truck cleaning. His long gun, <laughs> assault, rifle. assault rifle, he's complete camouflage. Yeah, he's, he's in he, hunting mode. He's been hunting, he says, and he's in hunting mode still. And uh, He's polishing his gun. He's polishing the gun. He's you gotta got to get good, it ready. Getting it good and cleaned. And uh, out of nowhere, Vince freaks out, grabs boss man.
3: Yeah, gets the... Uh, the early form of the corporation, I guess, Yeah. or the later form, gets boss man, gets the stooges, gets slaughter, and says, "Let's go back and hide." Yeah, they go back to the uh, the dressing room, and so that's that's our big storyline for tonight. Stay tuned. Austin might murder Vince McMahon. They hooked me. Yeah, I'm <laughs> they, in. They hooked uh, more people than Nitro because they won. So I mean, this was. Watching Murder on TV was more appealing than Brett vs. Sting. The first match of the night, it's a non-title. IC champ Ken Shamrock is out going to take on European champion X-Pac.
4: Oh boy. This was rough. All the
3: matches on this show uh, would be... This is one of the worst wrestling shows I've ever seen. Do if not enjoy wrestling. Ready, yeah, if
4: you're wanting in-ring quality, do not watch this show. If you're wanting just straight drama and BS, this is a great show. Tomorrow night, for the taping of Raw, Motley Crew will be with the Raw crew in Madison, Wisconsin. They are so happy about this. Tommy would, Lee is thrilled. They would not shut up about this the entire night.
3: Oh, yeah, the announcers, too. Well, this was a big debut, of course, with Motley Crue was Test. Yes. He tested the microphone. Yes. That's how he got his name. So, and a big night for uh, DX, I believe. They were they were very excited about Motley Crue showing up, too. As much grief as they give WCW over Kiss and Master P and the Insane Clown Posse, which WWF used, to. Well, WWF was right there using a band. Yeah. Here in 98. And would, you know, later have Motorhead and Limp Biscuit and all these guys to Rev Theory doing Randy Orton at WrestleMania 30. They still use bands to this day, so to make fun of WCW4, it's a bit stupid. X-Pac gets out with a spinning heel kick, but runs into a power slam for a near fall. X-Pac goes for the Bronco Buster, but misses. A belly-to-belly to X-Pac, followed by a Hurricane Rana from Shamrock. Then Mankind stumbles down to ringside. What the hell does he want? He distracts Ken Shamrock, who pokes him in the eye and gets mandible clawed, and then Shamrock belly to bellies mankind, but walks right into an X Factor, and holy shit, X Pock beats Ken Shamrock.
4: Your IC champion.
3: Yeah, the, the higher ranked champion gets beat by, by X Factor. <laughs> so there you go. That's how the state of things. It wouldn't be the most surprising finish of the night. That was still to come. We go backstage. There's nothing to say about the match because there's... There was shit. There's nothing to say about any of the matches. That's what I found out about this yes. show. Is these, these matches were shit, so... We go backstage to see China getting placed in an unmarked cop car as being hauled
4: off to jail. Yes. Mark while, Hanley while made this, a complaint. While this match was going on, two police officers came down and arrested her at ringside. Nobody really knew why, but as we go back for break, we're seeing the outlaws... Who are behind the police? They didn't work tonight. They were only here for this. One is escorting her to the car and into the car. The other police officer is keeping the outlaws at bay. Because and then X Pac runs down. They want to know what? What the hell did she do? And apparently, she messed with Mark Henry. She messed with Mark Henry, and Mark Henry filed a uh, a grievance against her you know, at the uh, the courthouse. So, <laughs> a restraining order, I guess. Yeah. Now, after they
3: arrest China, this is a good play to get cops involved in the night. So they notice Stone Cold Steve Austin, a suspicious man in his truck just polishing his gun. Yeah. You know, just
4: normal so business. These two cops. An ex employee. Yeah. He's just hanging out. These two cops walk over. Hey, Stone Cold. Hey, what's up, man? You know, my son's a big fan of yours. Uh, can I get an autograph? Yeah, sure. What's his name? Signs it. Brett. Yeah. One of them was, had a kid named Brett for some yes. reason. My daughter's a good fan of yours. Can, he, can I get not? Yeah, sure. Dear grandpa. Abby. Dear Abby, yeah. Yeah, and then, oh, see, you got your sidearm. Yeah, it's a nice little toy. Pulls nice out. little toy. Yeah, well, you know, he's showing his pistol off, and yeah, it's a nice little toy. It, she's pretty good. It's, you know, I'm, I'm proud of it, and, and he... You know, high I mean, fives all around. Yeah, so no big deal. Yeah, hey, so nothing you, suspicious you been, going on here. You've been doing some hunting. Yeah, I've been hunting all day. Yeah, I'm just kind of sitting here taking it easy. Gonna drink me a few beers and listen to the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> on the radio, of course. Yeah. Where yeah, raw, was, is but... raw is always on the radio. Yeah. And so, yeah. All right. Well, good to meet you. Appreciate
3: it. Uh right. Vince. Vince somehow sees what's going on from his dressing room. Guess he was watching the show. He says, What kind of town is this?
1: What are you doing here? i it been doing a little
2: hunting, just killing time now. Doing a little deer hunting? Oh Yeah, trying to. Oh, why don't you step out of the truck? Step out of the truck a sec, got it? No problem. What's the word? Are you been, on the Good, just hanging out. Good. Hey, okay, see so you got a sidearm. Good, check it out. Yeah, what is that? 38 special? Not a bad little toy.
0: Yeah. Nice toy. Not bad, not noticed. bad.
2: You guys doing alright? Very good. staying busy, huh? Yeah. Just watching a little wrestling, a little WWF. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. WWF? Yeah. Say, Steve, uh, yeah. my son's a fan of yours. Mind if You might have to give him an autograph? Oh, hell yeah. What's his name? His name is Brett. It's Brett. How's Brett doing? Very good. Big fan of Big fan of the WWF.
5: What is going on? Nothing
2: wrong with that. There you go, Chief. Thanks a lot, son. You might sign one for me, champ? Yeah, yeah, you got it. You got a name? Abby. Dear Abby? Dear Abby, baby. <laughs> Dear to me. All right, here he is. Have a good, all right? Yeah, she's doing great, Steve. The police are really getting his autograph. It. It. He hasn't broken any laws. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's got go, guns. Sir. All right. Steve. Have a great show, Steve. Take care, guys. Take, Take care. care. Nice meeting oh, you. I right. okay. yeah, no, you Okay. No, do leave. Yeah. I'll
0: catch you guys later. All right, Steve. Refs. Mr. McMahon, I keep. There's honey. a madman. There's a madman on lo- on the loose.
1: They're asking for autographs out there. What
0: kind of dealers do he? got weapons out there? Listen, I don't think he's could get the building. What
1: the hell kind so
3: of town is this? He asks his personal cop bodyguard, which is not the boss man. He had a, a local cop with a dog. Oh, I love this. He says, go arrest Austin. Go get him. And the cop is like, no, I'm just going to quit instead. Yeah, I didn't come here to get hurt.
4: <laughs> Grabs the dog's leash and walks out great protection <laughs> walked the fuck out and just left Vince high and dry that is
3: hilarious the headbangers are in the ring they mock the new age outlaws entrance they yes. try to do it they've got two words for us you suck yeah not as good i kind of like their their play toy belts. their uh their foam belts yeah their foam tag
4: belts so
3: lod 2000 this is of course what draws an animal and drunk hawk who is not wrestling? He's their manager. I
4: hate this storyline.
3: Yeah, this would uh, come to an end very shortly. Uh, came to an end at Capital Carnage, I think. In the UK show, was the last uh, I, I hate, LOD two thousand ankle.
4: I hate this storyline. This was this was really <laughs> bad, especially when you're having Hawks drunk stumbling across the the Titantron and he falls off. That uh, that this is I hate this storyline.
3: Castrol, Syntec, and Mr. T's bring us WWF Raw, of course. Thank you for your sponsorship. Mr. T's Pizza. Animal no-sells all of Mosh's offense and then power slams him for a two. Draws tags in and a double backdrop is delivered to Mosh. The headbanger's double suplex draws. Draws hits a sit-out powerbomb to Thrasher for a two count. Draws is watching Hawk on the outside for a second, and this distracts him, and Thrasher rolls him up. Gets a hold of the tights, of course. And gets the win. And they leave with their fake WWF foam title belts. Yep. In a
4: nothing <laughs> I mean there's yeah. nothing to say. It was bad. It was really bad. I you know, I, I don't have a I don't knock draws at all. He was just doing his job. He was just doing his job, but this was this was a rough match. And he took most of the brunt of the ass kicking. So
3: Yeah, Animal didn't have to do anything. Hawk probably loved the storyline because he just got to stand on the outside. Yeah. I would love that job. And drink. yeah. Pat Patterson is backstage with Vince. He says, Vince, can I go get you some coffee? And Gerald Briscoe says, you know what, I'm going to go with him. And so does Slaughter. So now Vince is all alone. And, of course, who wanders in? Mankind with Mr. Sacco. They come in and they brought Candy.
4: They did bring candy, and Mr. Sacco knows that Vinny has a sweet tooth. Mick says, this is going to be like a sleepover. And Vince says,
3: Vince for once says, I'm happy to see you, Mankind. I'm happy to see you, Mick. Come on in. Anybody to keep him company, because there's a madman with a gun on the loose.
4: Yeah, he's, uh, he's happy to he's see He's desperate. Him, but he... I don't think he realized what he had entered himself into. No. He quickly starts regretting this decision. That's a
1: delivery! It's Sir Sacco, your new head of security! I heard you were in trouble, Vince, so I broke some things! After all, I know that Vinny's got a sweet tooth! Nothing gets you through times of trouble like a good sugar rush.
0: (laughs) I'm happy to see you, Nick. You like me, Vince.
1: You really
0: like me. Mr. Sacco, too! I'm happy
1: to see you. Really this is gonna be great. It's gonna be like a sleepover party. Everyone's deserted me. I got a whole bag of stuff for this. Close that door. It won't lock. Just keep it closed. Oh, it closed. I got your back, Vince. Me too. Head security, Mr. Socko. Sheriff Socko. Sheriff Socko. Let's get to know each other. Undertaker's
3: music plays, and Undertaker's out with Paul Bear. Wait, what?
4: I thought Paul had
3: <laughs> turned on him. Yeah, I mean, that's Kane's dad. Yeah. They reunited last night at the pay-per-view. Oh, man, that's terrible. (laughs) So Brother Paul has come home to lead the Ministry of Darkness. What will this lead to? Yeah. Taker says he brought Paul back because he's maniacal. He's disgusting. He's
4: terrible. He's sick and twisted.
3: Yeah, so I'll bring him back. I'll bring him back. Paul Barris says he used Cain because he's stupid and he can't think for himself. Undertaker then tells Kane he set the fire. He admitted to starting the fire that caused Kane to be burned. So, a terrible uh, admission, yeah. yeah. I think that's probably the uh, statute of limitations. Probably didn't
4: run out for arson, attempted murder. I think Kane. there's only, uh, what, seven years on it, isn't there? <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Just a tip for all you arsonists out there. If you can get away with it for seven years and you're free and clear, you can say what you want. Write a book about it. Kane, we know OJ did.
3: Undertaker said Kane was weak and they have no room for the weak. Yeah, in, no room for the, the weak. Uh,
4: <laughs> in the uh, Undertaker family. Yeah, we don't have room for the weak here in the ministry. We'll just burn you up. <laughs> we will light your ass on fire.
3: Kane then brings out a casket. He uses his voice box thing to say, you and I tonight, casket patch.
6: Why is Paul Bear back? As you can plainly see, there has been a reconciliation made. Brother Paul has come home to lead my Ministry of Darkness. And I'm sure that there's those who can't understand because they have no vision how I could align myself once more with such a despicable, evil, maniacal individual. Well, if those aren't reasons enough, I don't guess I can explain it any better. What we have is someone with vision Someone who truly understands the power of the darkness. He allowed me to clear my head and refocus on what it is I am here for. Now what we have is a beginning of a new era. And we will unleash with our ministry of darkness A plague for which the World Wrestling Federation has never seen, nor will it be ever understood amongst those who do not relish in the darkness. So now those of you who do not declare shall be declared.
1: Ever since you were a little child, I took care
0: of you like a pet, like a pup dog on a leash, just for special occasions. Yes, I used you because you're stupid, you're weak, you can't even speak for yourself. You turned your back on me twice, the first time was eight weeks ago. The last time was last night, boy! You could never understand the darkness, Cain. That is why I'll never have any use for you again.
5: He's your son, for God's
6: sakes, you rotund demon. You know, Cain, I know there's a thought that's been burning in your mind for years. You really want to know what happened the day you caught on fire? Well, listen and listen close. I set that fire. What? And I set it because you were weak as a child. And you're weak now. And we have no room for the weak. Only the strong shall survive.
5: I can't. Be- Wait a minute. Oh, well, business may pick up right here because that music indicates that Kane is he on his way to the rope. I can't believe that Undertaker just admitted that he set the fire that deformed his own brother. Wait a minute, that's Kane. And he's, he's pushing a a huge casket. Uh Uh-oh. Kane, the seven foot younger brother who went to war with the Undertaker at Judgment Day. What's he doing? Man, I, I don't know. he's heard some shocking news here tonight that's like driving a stake through his heart.
6: You and I, tonight, casket match. (laughs) All right. And then he says, rest in peace.
3: So that's what we have to look forward to. Now, this actually, for this tease of a main event, I'd be interested in. Yeah. But what they delivered was not... No, it was shit.
4: The 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 concept, great idea, delivery, terrible.
3: Mankind is now eating chips with Vince, and he wants Vince to retire Austin so they could form a new clique. Austin, Mankind, Vince, and Mr. Socko. Yeah. The four of them, together. Just rule in the WWF. Mr. Socko would be champion.
4: Of course. And so... Mankind then wants to play Twister with Vince. A man who is in a motor... Rised wheelchair. Yeah, he's not going to be up for this. And he's wanting to play Twister with him. Vince freaks out over
3: this. Everything up to now was okay, but this is too much. So Vince kicks him out of the room.
4: Yes. That's stupid. So now Vince is all by himself again. The camera, by the way, this is, uh, you have to watch
3: a little closely for this one. If you look in the mirror of this scene when the camera pans over there, there's some kid watching this scene play out in their dressing room. Yes. So, I don't know who it was, but... Steve Blackman, oh boy, is out next. Last week, Shamrock messed up Blackman's knee, and then the Blue Blazer showed up and attacked Steve Blackman, so... Double J is out with making her WWF debut, Deborah McMichael. Yes. Who they only credit as McMichael for this week, because guess what? She just divorced Steve McMichael... One week prior to this. Really? Yes. I look I had to look that up because I thought they were still married, but in ninety eight, but no, they had gotten divorced a week earlier and as soon as I guess it was final, I'll go to WWF and make some money. Uh it's odd that they would go to a WCW pairing like that. With, you know, I, with believe, Jarrett I and believe
4: Jarrett might be just a little bit of a homewrecker. He made such a big deal about his, his wife
3: passing away that he, you know, this didn't seem like an unfaithful unfa- man, but it's weird that they keep pairing him with this woman over and over again, like... You got Deborah, Karen Angle? Karen
4: Angle? I'm just...
3: This is the match, Jeff Jarrett versus Steve Blackman. Jeff hits a top rope crossbody that Blackman rolls through. A karate kick to the head of Jeff, and that's a two count for Blackman. A very nice show your tits chant for Deborah from this 98 crowd. A swinging neck breaker to Steve Blackman. And then the blue blazer runs in. Belly to belly is Blackman, and the blazer and Jarrett put the boots to Steve, and Jarrett goes and gets his guitar, but Al Snow sneaks in with head, gets distracted by Deborah, and then Al Snow has to take the guitar shot. So there you go. Yeah. The future... Is this head cheese? Is this the early formation of head cheese here? Is it could it, be. Some early roots with uh, Blackman and Al Snow. It could be. Vince is all alone in his dressing room suite. His corded phone rings. How did Austin get this number? I'll never know. Austin just says, "Vance, time's up. You're sorry, bastard. I'm coming to get
0: you.
2: <laughs> Vince... Bench. Yeah. Your time's up, you sorry bastard. I'm coming to get you.
5: That was Stone Cold. Oh, God. That was a rattlesnake, and he's coming from McMahon. No!
3: JR says, to make it abundantly clear to us, I mean, as if anyone else sounds like him, that was Stone Cold. That was the rattlesnake. Yes, it was. No shit. <laughs> There's no one else on Earth that sounds like him. Vince calls his driver. This would have been a good idea about 30 minutes earlier. Yes. Why didn't he immediately just go to the car? Vince calls his driver and says, hey, leave the engine running and the back door open. When you see me, if you see Austin show up, scream, and then drive away. I'm coming out. JR, then, while he's on the phone with the limo driver, says, Vince is apparently on the phone with his limo driver. Really? Who would he be communicating this to? I don't know. Yeah. We follow Vince in his WWF-branded power wheelchair as he winds his way through the backstage area. He sees his limo in the distance, and he rolls towards it. Oh, man, freedom is right there. Vince gets in his car. Uh Uh-oh. Steve Austin is already in this limo. Yeah, went in on the other side. His limo driver sold him out. He didn't notice this bald... WWF wrestler getting into the limo. It's the camouflage. Didn't see him. Oh, I see. Good point. Vince hilariously tries to leave in his power chair, but Austin yells,
1: freeze!
3: (laughs) And Vince just stops. Just complies. Yeah, stops right there. So Austin wheels Vince into the arena with his big hunting bow strung over his wheelchair. (laughs) On the way in, he slams Vince's chair into various objects. He takes Vince back into his dressing room. Slam of the week brought to you by WWF Warzone for N64. X Pot countered a D Lo Brown top rope nothing into an X Factor last week. Or no from Judgment Day. Then we go back to Austin and Vince. Austin says, hey Vince, you ever been hunting? Vince says, I went on a safari once. And then Austin says, Hey, does this knife does this knife look like
4: it could kill an elephant? <laughs> I don't know what this was supposed to mean, but... Vince had gone hunting, but he didn't kill anything. And, yeah. He and, uh, just went on, like, a he safari. He just went on a safari, and... Well, just to look at the animals. What did you do? I took pictures. <laughs> you took pictures? Yeah, I took pictures of elephants. Well, look at this knife. Does this knife look like it could skin an elephant? Probably the strangest thing to happen all night. The Rock is out to a
3: one-week theme song... Because of course he was facing D'Lo, and they had they all had the Nation of Domination theme with The Rock's voiceover. I was wondering if this was piped in or if this was real. Now I think it was pi- I think it was it, this aired live because I remember this happening, and uh, so they both had basically the same theme song. But mm-hmm. Rock is a face; they turned him face for like a month because spoiler alert: a Survivor Series, he goes right back to being a bad guy. But yeah. for a month, he was a good guy. And he had he still had his heel theme, but when he was facing D-Lo, since they both had the same song or whatever, they were like, oh, you gotta change that. So he came out to one of the worst themes Oh, have ever heard.
4: It was terrible.
3: With his normal, do you smell with the rocks, cooking all his voice parts over yeah. it. So I'm sure the crowd was very confused. But the crowd loved the rock. This was, he was very over. This was Young Rock, too. That's right, yeah. I think he's only... Maybe 27 here? That's that's insane. He's the number one contender, despite Vince making a tournament to be the number one contender. Yes. He had won the right earlier as a heel. Yes. And they had forgotten all... He beat Triple H for it, I think. Yeah. They had forgotten all about that. But JR mentions it for some reason. Spoiler alert, he gets it right back. <laughs> Last week, of course, the big breakup. The Nation broke up. Delo and Mark Henry attacked... The rocks. So now Mark Henry and Delo are the only two members of the nation still hanging out because the Godfather's gone on about his way too. The Godfather went back to make some green. Yeah, he wanted to make some money. Delo is in his European champion tights despite not having the European championship. This and is what happens when you buy your tights and well his, in advance
4: and his chest
3: protector. Of course, that uh, Dan Severn. Dan
4: Severn. Yeah, completely ripped his pectoral muscle off the bone.
3: His. Uh, well, now it's the Roman Reigns chest protector because they he has the same gimmick. That's true. D'Lo and Rock exchange strikes, and D'Lo eventually throws Rock out to Henry, who gets in some cheap shots, rolls him back in the ring. Rock hits a followaway slam and a DDT for a two-count, a scoop slam, and the people's elbow to a huge reaction before the people's elbow was a big oh, thing. Yeah. like yeah. They loved it. D'Lo kicks it, too. Don't you dare do that. But then jumps off the top turnbuckle and gets caught in a rock bottom. Henry and Delo then puts the boots to Rock as the refs come in into the ring, and Henry splashes Rock a couple of times. So this match ends in a new contest. Yeah. As it's very no one got put over clean tonight. No. Can't happen. No. And every match took about four minutes. So.
4: Hey, we're heading to your semi main event already. <laughs>
3: Austin is backstage running that knife over the... He's running his knife over his own leg in front of McMahon. Yes. And he stands up and he stabs an apple. Vince says, Austin won't get away with it. Austin says, he wanted a deer, but he got a jackass. (laughs) Then Tiger Ali Singh is out to do his Million Dollar Man gimmick. He's out with Babu, who has a grill. Yes. Babu is Cooking hot dogs and kilbasa. Ali Singh makes fun of us for eating sausages. We're the crazy people eating sausages. Ali Singh will give us five hundred dollars if you can swallow Babu's sausage, his kilbasa. Babu just happens to pick the kilbasa queen from Howard Stern's show, who is sitting behind Jr. and King ringside. Kilbasa queen easily takes down the kilbasa. She doesn't swallow it though. And then the Godfather comes out. He says, look, once a hoe picks a pimp, she takes on her pimp for life. Wonderful lessons from the Godfather. Kilbasa Queen used to be one of the Godfather's hoes. Uh, Tiger Ali Singh is upset.
4: is—they is- was supposed to be amateurs, no yeah, professionals. Yeah, this was
3: a pro. Ali Singh then jumps Godfather. Babu gets scoop slammed, and the refs break it up. In what I thought was actually the best, it put over Godfather. This was the only person who actually, his character,
4: was this, correct. This night actually helped his character, where it killed everybody else. Well,
3: I just think Austin was painted as villain, Rock yeah. was painted as weak. Yeah. Everybody was just painted poorly. But Godfather was right on point. He was the winner of this entire show. Austin then shoots an arrow into a hockey player's picture that's on the wall of Vince's dressing room. Yes. And then he shows Vince, hey, look here. What would have been a terrible sight to see on Raw, Austin talks to Vince about deliverance and wants Vince to squeal like a piggy.
4: Oink, 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 oink.
3: Vince oinks, yeah, like Vince McMahon can only oink. I mean, this was... (laughs)
4: Oink oink. Oink, 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 It did
3: not sound like a pig very much at all. It just sounded like Vince McMahon.
2: What are you, what are you all nervous for? Do you think that was meant for you? Do you think that was meant for you, Vince? No, 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 no. But look at you. Look at your face. I look at you and you remind me... You remember that guy Ned Beatty? You remember the movie Deliverance, right? You saw that? You know, oh no, you know, deliverance, right? You saw that. Oh no,
1: I think I remember, you remember the
2: part. Shut up, you remember the part where he uh he made the guy squeal? squeal? Oh no. You
1: know,
2: that's that's what I think I'd like for you to do right now. I was wondering maybe if you could squeal like a pig for me, and I think that you can squeal like a pig, Vince. <laughs> do it, squeal for me. You understand me? I said squeal, son. Start squealing oh, like a pig. Oink. Oh, oink. Is that the best you can do? Give me my damn bow. Are you gonna
1: squeal? Are uh, you gonna... Uh, uh, oink! Oink! Louder! Uh, uh, oink, oink!
3: Austin tells Vince about Misery, the film starring, uh, Kathy Bates, and how Kathy Bates breaks her captive's legs With a sledgehammer and a 2x4. And he's going to do it to Vince. But Vince says, help! Help! And so Austin duct-tapes his mouth shut. Yeah. And tapes Vince to his chair. Yes. (laughs) So this is getting dark very quickly. Duct-tapes
4: Vince to his wheelchair.
3: Mankind is out next. He's going to take on Val Venus with Terry Runnels. Oh boy, this is the miscarriage angle. Val is selling a hurt dick because he got kicked in the dick last night by Goldust. Yes. He auditioned for Anaconda, a film that was new in 1998. And he auditioned for Anaconda just with his dick. Val Venus fans are up in the nosebleeds and in ju- just a towel. Can yeah. you imagine going dressed as Val Venus to a show? Venus crotches himself on the middle rope and Mankind drops a leg on Venus' groin. Then the double-armed DDT followed by Mr. Sacco. Ken Shamrock hits Mankind in the knee with a chair, and Val Venus gets a win over Mankind. Holy shit, Val Venus beats Mankind. Yes. But Goldust This hit. is after King of the Ring 98, by the way. Yes. Goldust music hits. He comes up on the Titan TitanTron, and he cuts a promo on Val. So this feud is going to keep going, guys. Yeah. Terry whispers something
4: in Val's ear. And I'm pregnant. Yeah, I'm betting it's because she's pregnant. And that's why she left her own husband, Goldust, to be with Val Venus.
3: Which, it ended up being Delo's problem somehow. In all of this tangled web, Delo causes the miscarriage. Well, in see, she, marks. she wants to keep it. Val
4: says no, so they break up.
3: No, Val said he had... Yeah, uh, the Clippy. He had. Uh,
4: he got. He can't make women pregnant. Oh, he got a uh, vasectomy. Yeah, so he's shooting blanks. He's shooting
3: blanks. Uh. And then Goldust didn't want her. And then D-lo causes the miscarriage, and so D-lo ended up with Terry. After all this, somehow. Poor D-lo. Yeah, never got a fair shot. Well, no. we go backstage. Austin tells Vince he's got big plans for tonight. Austin wants to just watch some TV with Vince, and makes Vince pick tonight: Kane or Undertaker. You booked it. <laughs> Who's gonna win the main event?
4: If you you pick your you pick your winner. If your winner wins, we'll do it the easy way. Your winner, if your pick loses we'll or any other outcome, we'll not it.
3: even a clean win or loss,
4: we'll do it the hard way.
3: And Vince picks Kane. Bad pick. Bad, bad pick. Based on how the show went, why didn't he just say no contest? Yeah. I don't know. So Kane is out first for this casket match. Survivor Series is brought to you by Nestle Crunch. Taker hits his flying clothesline, hits a nice DDT to Kane. Then Taker knocks Kane into the casket, who lands on his feet. Then Taker hops in, DDTs Kane in the casket, and the refs close the lid for some reason with both, both men in the casket. Kane and Taker knock a panel out of the casket and nearly rip the back of this casket yeah. apart from being from fighting within it. So
4: the casket's torn up now.
3: Can't have a winner. Can't have a winner. So Kane chases Paul Bear up the ramp and Taker runs him down and wops him in the back with a chair. And then Taker and Bear just leave. And Kane follows with a chair. And that's all there is to it. Yeah. A casket match ends with no winner. Yeah. And there's no follow-up. Nope. We can follow Stone Cold Steve Austin, who wasn't even... He's not even an employee. Yes. We can follow him through the arena. Yeah. But, but we can't follow Undertaker or Kane for this sanctioned match. No. And so now,
4: all of a sudden, here comes... Our main event of the evening is an angle. Yeah. Is is Stone Cold Steve Austin, who says, All right, well... Nobody won. Nobody won. so, guess what? We're you're good, you're, the you're the loser. You're the loser. So Austin
3: wheels Vince towards the ring. Jr. tells King, who's very concerned about Vince's well-being, why don't you go negotiate for his release? And King's like, I don't have that. I can't do that. Oh, I love how Jr. throws in there. Have you ever been fired by Vince? Because <laughs> I have, and Stone Cold has. They take forever getting to the ring, though, and this crowd gets anxious and starts chanting for Austin. Maybe they let it, did it on purpose to let it build, but... I don't know. They were just... It seems like they were stuck. They couldn't find the entryway. I don't know. J.R. and King then have to ad-lib while Austin and Vince have disappeared. I
4: think they took so long was to the gimmick the, uh, the wetness you're about to see later. So, Austin and Vince finally emerge to a huge reaction.
3: Austin... No. Vince takes his own duct tape off. Just no problem. He was duct taped to the chair. His his Austin had already ripped off his mouth tape, but... Yeah. Vince just breaks his own tape. No big deal. Vince, then, this injured man, this wheelchair-bound man, crawls into the ring by himself. Yes. Austin gets into the ring and grabs a mic. Austin wants Vince to watch himself from earlier tonight, dressing down the talent and, of course, running down stone cold and talking about that face that he made. Yeah. Austin tells Vince that he's pathetic. Austin's going to make Vince read a letter, which we don't get to hear. He just stuffs a letter in Vince's pocket.
4: He said the devil will read it with him. He says
3: to the crowd, this is where you know that this crowd and all of us wrestling fans are just nothing but animals. Austin says, do you want Vince's eyes to pop out the front of his head? Give me a hell yeah. That place went absolutely nuts. (laughs) They wanted to see this man's brains blown out. They really did. So Austin pulls up a a revolver. Yeah. Not his M16, but just a... Not his
4: pistol that shot on the police either. Yeah. yeah. This was a revolver.
3: He puts it up to Vince's head. Uh-oh. We're about to see like a snuff film here. Yeah. Pulls the trigger and bang! 316. <laughs> the old flag out of the gun magic trick comes out. And then Vince, you see him reach into his pocket. I think Vince should have have actually pissed his pants if he was really dedicated to this angle. But all he does is reach into his pocket and hit a button. And the next thing you know, Vince is pissing his pants right in front of us. Yeah. And then Austin says, McMahon316 says, I just pissed my pants. Yes.
2: Look at you, Vince hell earlier you was out here bragging and throwing some big party with our stone Cold steve austin hell i think i missed out go ahead and throw up the little party they had on the titantron so i can check it out myself
0: Put it up. Oh, here we go hopefully no one in that ring will ever cross the bus because none of you are as big as Vince McMahon. You know, all that Austin 316 paraphernalia out there, t-shirts, what have you. Another rumor going around that it's going like hotcakes because now Austin 316, that's a collector's item, you see. Now there's a new expression. A new expression that's going to be sweeping the nation, sweeping the globe. And that's McMahon 316.
5: Please turn that off.
0: And McMahon 316 says, Please turn it off. I've got the brass to fire your axe. No.
2: Look up there, Vince. Look up there. do no, look. So cocky, you think you're so damn cool, you think you own everybody. Look at you. Take a good look, bitch. Please. And now look at you now. You're pathetic, on your knees, crying in front of the world. How humiliating for the owner of this company. You make me sick, bitch, and I'll tell you what. Oh no. I got a little something that I want you to read, because this is gonna bring a few more tears to your eyes once you read this little letter right here. And I'll tell you this. Where is that? Where you're going when the devil reads that, hell, that son of a bitch is gonna be pretty, pretty pissed off himself. So I guess that means, Vince, I only got one little thing to do. And what I want you to do, is to look up at that screen. Take that off. I want Vince's picture on the screen. Look up at the screen, Vince. Because your eyes are fixing to pop out of the front of your head. No!
5: Come on, Steve.
2: If you want Vince's eyes to pop out of the front of his head, give me a hell yeah. No!
5: Uh, Steve, take it
0: easy now.
1: It's a toy! Right! It's a toy! Austin was armed with a toy! That is not you funny! You gotta remember Vince, it wasn't
2: Stone Cold Steve Austin that screwed Vince McMahon, but it was Vince McMahon that screwed Vince McMahon. I, th- I think you got a little problem there, and- I think we got another T-shirt on the way, and I think that T-shirt might just say, "McMahon 316 says I just pissed my pants."
5: Oh no! Oh man! How humiliating! How degrading! Oh look out! Oh, it's got McMahon again! This is the most humiliating, the
1: Redhead, he's fired. He's not to even
3: be here. And if that's not good enough You didn't just scare this man into thinking That he's getting murdered Go ahead and give him the Stone Cold stunner yeah. Just for good measure Yeah, Hit him with a stunner And this fired employee That they have no reason <laughs> to play his theme song They play Austin's theme song <laughs> I'm just glad that they stuck with the storyline And they didn't throw beer to it yeah, Mark Eaton was probably sitting there with a the cooler just ready to go. Austin helps mince up just to stun him again. hmm Can't let that pop go. Mm-mm. Got gotta gotta grab the heat by the neck. So Austin, then well, and that's the show. The show goes off the air. Yeah. But thanks to the network, we get after raw, some raw extras, when the cameras go off. Well, the USA cameras go off. After the show, Austin poses over Vince, puts his foot on him, poses over his dead body. Yeah. His pissed pants body. Austin then, for some reason, takes his shirt off and then walks up the ramp and poses. And leaves. He's done for the night. Good That's night. It. Good night of work. Good night. The Stooges and Sergeant Slaughter then finally come out. They'd been missing all night. They finally come out to check on Vince, Where? who is then pelted with garbage. This yeah. is WCW-type garbage here being thrown yeah, at these shitty heels. Yeah. And McMahon is put in his wheelchair and cries as he's wheeled up the ramp. And a very memorable night as far as Vince McMahon acting goes, but the rest of it is uh, it's a little rough. Oh, yeah. This... Well, in the shooting of Vince, I was actually, even though I love Stone Cold Steve Austin, I was concerned for Vince. I mean, just as a human. Yeah. I don't want anyone to just get shot in the middle of the ring. Right. So, uh, this was a very concerning night. We're animals. It was very concerning. Uh, Austin's supposed to be our good guy. He's supposed to be our beacon of light. Yes. And he's threatening Murder. And didn't re- it didn't resolve him getting rehired or anything? So that's that's not resolved. Undertaker's ministry that's like just been thrown out there. The crowd still loves Undertaker, so it's not like that's catching on. Right. The only thing, like the only thing I thought that was advanced storyline wise was Godfather. Seriously, like that was, was the woman. only woman. Kill Queen. Yeah. yeah. That was it. Everything else, this was a... T- like, if I had gone to this show live... I mean, Austin was so over that I guess I would have forgotten about it. You know, I would have just been, Ah, yeah! Stone Cold Steve Austin.
4: But looking back on it, you got ripped the fuck off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the <laughs> people last night for the pay-per-view. Yeah. You got ripped
3: off bad. Your main event was an angle. When yeah. your main event is just an angle, not good. Yeah. No. The in product's much better now. Yeah. Even... We complain about those stupid tag team matches, but I'd rather see that than just, I'm going to shoot a bang 316 gun in your head. That's right, whatever. yeah. Bang, it's over. It's all over. That's it. <laughs> so, uh, I'm not going to be too kind on a rating scale uh, from Hornswoggle of Giant Gonzalez. Uh, oh man, I guess I'm going to give this a, uh, I got to think about this for a second. I guess I'm going to give this a James Ellsworth. Really? Uh, I should give it shorter. But honestly, this is one of the most memorable things. I mean, there's Austin coming in on the the Zamboni. Yeah. And there's Austin with the beer truck. There's Austin getting arrested. There's Vince getting arrested. This is like right up there with it, though, as far as
4: things that I remember. Yeah. I'm going to give it a uh, an Austin 316... T-shirt. <laughs> t-shirt that says, McMahon just pissed my pants. Wow. So there we go.
3: I don't really know anything that it did really well other than... <laughs> the, other than that, five minutes. <laughs> I mean, but it, that didn't even, like I say,
4: it kind of hurt Austin because that's not something a good guy would do. No, the only thing that... Really, the only thing that happened to, to work through this entire thing was... The fact that we... uh Well, I think Selling Rock is a baby
3: face. I mean, he was over. Yeah. So getting him over and the swerve that happens at Survivor Series... No. Yeah. That was effective, I guess. Yeah. But at the same time, even when he was a heel, people love The Rock. I mean... Yeah. I mean, they had Mankind lose to fucking Val Venus on this show.
4: It's just disgraceful. I'm that's, sorry. That's pretty bad. Yeah. We're getting ready to actually watch. We we're counting down the minutes. We are thirty minutes away, Patrick. No mercy for no
3: mercy. Seventeen, and the video game is getting ready to come out. Well, smack two K seven two K eight two K eighteen.
4: Yes. So we're gonna mix these two together, and we're gonna go to the pay per view that started its own video game. One we're of the most
3: go- fondly remembered video games. Absolutely, the
4: most beloved wrestling game of all time slash WWF pay-per-view, October 17th, 1999. We're going to see No Mercy 1999, Austin versus Triple H for the title.
3: Really? Wow. I didn't think they had any encounters prior to 2000. Yeah, so if you're listening to this episode, uh yeah, the sound quality, we're recording in my dining room, so we'll be back to the radio studio pretty soon. So anyway, you can follow me at at RetroW Podcast on Twitter. You can find
4: Patrick where? Patrick Young or Patrick Young Wrestling on Facebook. Alright. Well that does it. Yeah. Here we are. Send us your questions. Send us if you want to debate something. If you wanna ask a question, if you want an autograph, if you want a picture, if you want merch. Whatever you want. Send money first. Ask questions later. That's right. We are we're Going to uh, we're going to do whatever we can to satisfy our listening audience and our fans. So. Alright, well, I'm intern Alex. I'm the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history,
1: Patrick Young. Saying as always, my closing line's a line Bingo bingo.